and welcome or welcome back to Rise and Align, where we talk about all things high vibrational. We're your hosts. My name is Demi and I'm Haley. Uh, last week, we talked about our physical well-being and we thought this week it was only fitting to talk a little bit about mental health and our journey uh, with our own mental health. Uh, this episode might, might be a little dark. It's not as positive as all of our other episodes, but we also talk a lot about transmuting the darkness into the light and not hiding from the shadows. So we're going to kind of show you exactly how we've done that. And looking at your shadows and transmuting your darkness is a very important aspect to healing and, you know, reprogramming your subconscious mind to create a new life for myself, I have struggled a lot with social anxiety, which I feel like isn't as talked about as much as just generalized anxiety. We're starting to hear uh, people talk a lot more about mental health, I feel like, but I still don't feel like I hear a lot of people talking about social anxiety, especially in the way that I experienced it. Uh, So I am just kind of excited to tell you my experience with it and how I've coped with it and where I'm at today. I agree. This episode is going to include a lot of balance. And you said, you know, looking at our shadows. And I think that that statement is so important because a lot of our habits are below consciousness you know they're controlled by our subconscious so if you're not willing to look at that and you kind of shame it and shy away from it and hide it and push it away um, you're not able to transmute that either so I'm excited to share with you like the transmutation journey and you know how it's so important to be unconditionally accepting of all of you and as well as others absolutely I guess I'll kind of get started in you know, my experience with anxiety. I grew up in a very unstable environment and I feel like my anxiety my anxiety kind of stems from adapting, my nervous system adapting to this type of environment. Always noticing what those around me are feeling and doing and being able to, in a flip of a switch, respond to that in a way that doesn't trigger them or um, create a negative situation that I then become a part of. So, my nervous system was very easily triggered by the environment around me. So in that, I feel like that made me become an empath because I became very aware of other people's emotions and feelings without them actually having to say it because it was kind of like a survival mechanism Mechanism. for Mm -hmm. me. And so, you know, I grew up with a lot of trauma and I was around people who had significant mental health problems. And it's really hard growing up struggling with your mental illness, with anxiety and social anxiety and dealing with trauma, but not having someone that can help you cope with that or help you feel seen. Instead, you are trying to help your caretakers through their mental health problems and never having someone even be able to notice that you're struggling like Mm. it's kind of mind-boggling to me that like even though I was struggling with my mental health I was like focused on ensuring those around me were okay and there's never that person or someone that I could go to to like check in with or like see if I was okay Mm -hmm. so that was kind of hard too and it made me grow up really fast as I got older 
I think it kind of created this idea of social anxiety for me. It was truly crippling for me to exist outside of my house because I was so hypersensitive to what other people were thinking. What were they thinking about me? How was I was I behaving in a way that they would like me? Like I didn't, I I kind of also made me become a people pleaser. Like I was trying to please other people and I I had no sense of self-identity. I didn't know who I was. I was only, my sole purpose was like focusing on how to make other people feel better or how to make people like me or how to fit in. Like I didn't know how to even be myself. And so going to school, going to work, in sports like I didn't know how to create like valuable relationships with people or friendships with people because how do you do that when you don't have any sense of like identity Mm -hmm. so I just kind of started to feel very much like an outcast and then I didn't know how to talk to people and so I I was just called shy all the time everyone would call me shy but I was just very struggling with anxiety and being around people I just didn't know how to how to be that's also very isolating and anyways so it was very crippling for me to you know go to work and go to school and be in school and that type of environment still gives me anxiety to this day like thinking about walking into like a a high school like (laughs) (laughs) I cannot that's relatable (laughs) I kind of I it became so uncomfortable and so painful and so literally crippling that I begin to like feel like enough was enough like I have to start figuring out like who I am what this is like why why can't I just be a normal person and like go to school without like having to throw up or like hang out with friends without having an anxiety attack before beforehand like I was like I can't do this like how do how do people do this so at that point I that's kind of when my spiritual journey began and my introduction to yoga that was kind of the first thing that allowed me to release some of that like anxious stagnant energy that's like was built up inside of me for so many years and you know magic through movement it helped me transmute some of that energy and connect back with my body because when you have anxiety you're so stuck in your head all the time I didn't know what it felt like to be in my body and so yoga was such a major tool. It was kind of my saving grace. And it really began to start to calm myself down enough where I could go to work without like feeling sick the whole time mm-hmm. about being there. And then I began to kind of discover more about who I was and what I liked because I was I was quieting this outside noise all this external noise and I I I was finding mindfulness like time just by myself and and began listening to myself and listening to my body and listening to what felt bad what was making me feel bad why why what what about this makes me feel so anxious and yucky and I slowly began to like weed those things out of my life so I was in nursing school I was at the top of my class in nursing school but it felt so bad every single day to go to class or go to my clinicals like it felt so yucky like it and so I realized like I needed to start weeding things out that felt bad but they felt bad because they weren't in alignment with my true path and it all kind of 
once I started getting momentum, it all kind of fell into place together. It was like getting rid of the things that felt yucky because they made me feel anxious. Well, why they make me feel anxious? Because it wasn't meant to be like, that's not meant to, that, that wasn't my purpose. And I think that was kind of the universe's way of trying to redirect me. But it was also a lot of like retraining my nervous system and retraining my brain to not do things because of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to nursing school because why? I don't know. Like someone else, because someone else thinks that's like the best thing for me. And so, I mean, that's kind of in a short sense, like how I got to where I am today. You mm-hmm. know, you slowly just start listening to yourself and discovering who you are, what you want, and then getting rid of the things that don't align with that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was so beautiful. And it, I'm thankful to be able to hear that and like feel like other people can so relate and have, you know, had those same negative emotions. And then the way that you described like what you started to do to change that was so good. That was so good. Look at what's causing you anxiety, like target, like what is the cause and why? That's Mm -hmm. so good. That's so helpful. And also like, I feel like though I can relate to a lot of those emotions, my experience has been so different too. And like our perspectives are different. I love Mm -hmm. it. Love Mm -hmm. to hear that. Where do I start? (laughs) I feel like for me, I went through similar emotions like in my upbringing and, you know, kind of having to worry about, am I going to please the adults? Like, is the adult going to react to me or today and like scream at me or hurt me? Or, you know, what can I do to walk on eggshells to make sure that that doesn't happen and that I can please them? And I think when you were talking about that, I was like, it's interesting because I I didn't look at it that way as much as I looked at it as I think the source of my social anxiety was worrying about, will I be accepted? Because I didn't feel like I was ever valued or cherished or even allowed to be myself. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I didn't value myself I didn't I didn't see like that I could be great and I could be loved and I could be wonderful and of Mm -hmm. course people would accept me because there's all these good things about me I didn't feel that way I felt Mm -hmm. I should hide and I am afraid to even be around people because I feel so terrible about myself because that was like what I was taught Mm -hmm. you know so and it was all subconscious like you know you don't go to high school and think that you just you just feel this like horrible feeling of like oh my god I don't want to go around these people and be made fun of and, you know, be rejected and Mm -hmm. feel alone. It just Mm -hmm. is terrible. And I'd rather be alone at my house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of hide away. So I, you know, also, I think it's amazing that you realized that pretty young and like realized how to change it. Like it took me a lot longer. (laughs) I don't think I was that self-aware for a Mm -hmm. long time. And so I acted out of those terrible feelings for quite some time. And I created a great amount of contrast in my life, you Mm -hmm. know, unknowingly and just kind of getting, getting caught in that cycle. And I think that it's so common and like people do talk about generalized anxiety, but they don't often talk about like, this is what caused it and this is how I changed it. Mm -hmm. So when I started, you know, finally realizing like I need to change was after I became a mom, I was like, this isn't working and I want to be a good parent. I want to raise a good human. Like this is not something that I want to mess up. Like now it's not just 
feeling better for me because it feels better, but it's also feeling better so that I can love properly and teach another human how to feel loved and, you know, be happy, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is just so, so important. So um, my son has been such a big blessing to me in that way, but other people might perceive, you know, having a kid unmarried is being contrast too, you know, and of course, Mm -hmm. like it is, it's yin and yang, like it's not easy it's not always fun to learn lessons, but it does expand you in the most beautiful way. So, you know, when I was going through like the absolute worst of times, it was, you know, when it rains, it pours. you attract lack in every area. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was at this point where I was miserable and I've never shared this before. Uh, I hope my mom's not listening. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) Uh, I had such bad anxiety that I ended up being prescribed to Xanax and there was quite some time where I was very numb and I was losing myself deeply. It was between life and death. That is what changed me. So it's not easy to break habits little by little and it started with yoga for me too. I started, you know, making better decisions and If you make that decision once, you recognize, okay, there could be a benefit to this. And I was able to make this decision once. I can do it again. And you keep focusing on the benefit because when you focus on the opposite, you focus on the negative result, that's what you attract. You start to feel bad about yourself. You start to shame yourself. So that's why it's so important to forgive yourself and to forgive others and to consciously choose the right decision and be aware of what you will create and what what benefit will become by making that decision. And it just starts with one decision. So, you know, every day I started doing yoga and yoga taught me so many things. You know, our second episode is on yoga. It taught me how to love myself and it it taught me how to be more confident. And, you know, in, in all those little things, I started to feel less anxious going to work, which by the way, I was taking Xanax every day before I went to work. That's how badly I hated it. And I wasn't even aware that like, I I'd had no coping mechanism. Like I didn't understand. I didn't know how to deal with that. In high school, it was the same for me. I would feel sick. You know, I, you could say I was pretending to be sick, but I, I had convinced my mind that I was sick. So I was like throwing up all the time for weeks at a time. I would say that I couldn't go to school. And, you know, when I did go to school, I would get sick there because my anxiety was that bad because I felt so badly about myself. So, you know, I encounter a lot of people who they it's almost that they are afraid to give up their habits or that they are justifying them. And I get that, you know, because it's a coping mechanism. But I also can tell you that if you focus on the benefits, you can change anything. And if you just start with one little thing, you can change your whole entire life. And I definitely have. I definitely have. I mean, since that time, I've become healthier in absolutely every aspect, kinder, gentler, happier, more loving. My life has become more abundant, like everyone that I'm attracting. I used to attract terrible dark things and dark people. And, you know, sometimes I still do. And I think that that comes from my ability to transmute and my ability to relate with all and to accept all that is. I don't judge others because I don't want to be judged, you know, and I try to accept myself as I do others as well. Mm-hmm. 
that is, I think that's the only way to change, you know, is yeah. to be accepting and, mm-hmm. and loving of both yourself and the external, you know, because the external becomes a reflection of your energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's been so, so important and it's a practice, you know, and it's a, th- a decision, a conscious decision you have to make every day to do things that are good for you, that are good for you physically mentally emotionally that are good for those that you love you know because if you truly love somebody you should take into account their well-being their well-being and your well-being should be attached mm-hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely first of all I love you so much and thank I you love for you so much <laughs> I think a lot of mothers can relate to that feeling and that that like life-changing moment of having a kid. Um, So I think that'll be really relatable and a really great source of knowledge and light that you can be for them. But I also, talking about medication, I don't know why so young I had these opinions, but like I knew I was on the path of probably needing medication or, you know, people around you are getting prescribed medication for their mental health. And I was like, for some whatever reason like I was like I don't want to do that I really 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 don't want to do that but I knew that I may have to and I that was kind of the point for me where it was like I'm going to try to do whatever I can before I take that leap to having to be on medication and if you are on medication I'm not judging you at all or like that's totally your own journey always have to do what's best for you and your mental health but for me, that wasn't something that I wanted to do. So that's kind of what sparked me to, you know, start trying different ways to calm my mind down and uh, center myself without having to do medication. And I'm really grateful that, you know, things worked out the way that they did and I didn't have to do that. But again, that's another very relatable thing that I think um, a lot of people are going to relate to with the medication. And I have a close friend who has had experience with a few different anxiety medications and this she was feeling numb too and sick like it was actually making her feel worse than she felt to begin with absolutely yeah and it's and so I think that it's beneficial for us to share ways that we've been able to cope with it Mm -hmm. without needing medication and again if you do you do like that's okay too I so agree and I well my soul likes to do things the hard way (laughs) but that said the reason that I did want to share that is is to share too that like again like I agree I'm not I'm not judging or anything like that but just to say that like I have been there I do know what it is Uh, I've been prescribed to lots of different things and I thought that I needed them to be okay you know people really only only do that or feel the need for that whether it's legal or illegal you know because they feel sad they want to feel better Mm -hmm. and you know what I've learned from that was one that it brought me into a very dark place (laughs) ironically I've taken psychopharmacology as well and I knew the effect of these drugs on my brain chemistry and I knew that it is only a short-term relief and it's not an answer and you know having gone through that and had it get worse uh it's much harder to come back from you know and there are much healthier both physically and mentally emotionally there are much healthier coping mechanisms that do work you can do it and it all starts with wanting those benefits for yourself Mm -hmm. wanting to feel better 
wanting to be the healthiest, happiest version of you. And when you make those decisions for yourself, you do start to attract that in every area of your life. So it is more than worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's definitely a snowball effect. Like once Mm -hmm. you start making one decision every day, you know, you'll start adding on to that or doing something else and you'll start to feel a little better and then you'll do more things that allow you to feel better. And I think eventually it kind of snowballs and, you know, it's just like your spiritual journey. It never really ends. Like Mm -hmm. you always have to nurture yourself and take care of yourself. Uh, And there are days where, you know, you might catch a glimpse of that darkness still and it's it's a balance and I don't think it's ever just going to go away you know I agree totally it's it's always going to be something that you're working on I think that's such a good point like and that's why they like everything that we talk about that's what we call it a practice you know because life is infinite expansion and I think that it's those moments where you do feel that that contrast that negative emotion when you're feeling depressed and sad and stuck and you know all those feelings that's when you have to consciously choose to do what you know will make you feel better that those are the little moments that change everything because in those moments you can choose to use an unhealthy coping mechanism to make yourself numb or you know to make yourself temporarily feel better what I have found that when you do that and you take the kind of easy way out it it doesn't make it go away it just pushes it down so that when you decide, I don't want to use this unhealthy coping mechanism anymore, then all of those emotions come back at once. Then it's 10 times as powerful as it would have been if you would have instead in that moment said, instead of using this unhealthy thing, I'm going to choose something that is good for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's you know going outside or drinking a cup of tea or calling your best friend or smelling a flower Mm -hmm. you know it it doesn't have to be big but making those little decisions will change everything absolutely a lot of times these feelings these emotions that we are not working through that we're not addressing that we're pushing down get stored in our body energetically and that I think is why yoga has been so beneficial for both of us because I kind of already said, but it it helps to release some of that stagnant energy and you're working through that. And that will continue to release the farther you get into your healing journey and things will come up, but you do energetically store things in your body and, you know, that can create, you know, other forms of contrast in your health too. If you continue to suppress things and never allow yourself to feel them, work through them, address them that can cause so many other negative effects on your mind, body, and soul. So yes, yoga has been a major way for my healing. And that's part of the reason why I became a teacher, because I want to share that magic with other people. And I want to help other people heal. Like I said, one of the main things that was helpful for me was bringing myself back into my body, grounding practices, walking barefoot on the earth, connecting to your body, feeling your body you know there's meditations that help you go through each step of your body like feeling the energy in every single part of your body you know then you can start kind of pinpointing where some of this energy is stored and depending on where you feel pain or numbness or discomfort oftentimes kind of reflects where your trauma is is stored so that can be really beneficial but also Another major thing for me is 
creating a routine that allows me to have mindfulness, a moment of mindfulness, time with me, me time. And I've talked about this on other episodes, but like carving out a piece of my morning that allows me to do mindful practices so that I can center myself and get in my own body, get in my own energy before I start taking in other people's energy. That is so important to me and for me, even to this day, you know, I know I talked about going out in public was such a hard thing for me to do. And it is partially because I was taking in all these other people's energy. I'm allowing that to impact me and I'm reacting based on how other people are feeling. Uh, But instead, when I create mindfulness where I can sit down and meditate or journal, you know, get out some of those feelings or set intentions for my day where I assume my day is going to be wonderful and everyone's going to be so nice and friendly to me and everything's going to go perfectly and new opportunities are going to come to me. They do, you know, and so setting intentions or even just quietly drinking my coffee in silence, just these little mindfulness practices have been so important for me to be able to leave my house and not feel that crippling anxiety uh, that I was so friendly with (laughs) previously. And then, you know, once you start quieting things down and connecting to yourself, connecting to your body, connecting to your soul, you begin to discover who you are, what you want, and you can make decisions from there. I finally got to this place where I was like, wait a minute, I am the main character. You guys are all extras. No one cares what I do. I just want to do what I want to do and literally no one else cares. And there's that saying that it's like, what other people think about you is none of your business. And I I have to live by that because I can get so caught up in what other people think. Do they secretly hate me? Like I even, I've had a hard time with friendships even because I'm always like, oh my God, I said the wrong thing. Or I go home and I'm like, oh my God, they think I'm dumb because I said this or like I stumbled over my word. Like I would get so caught up in like the silliest little things and think about it for weeks. Like when I was in high school, like I could not get myself to get up and go sharpen my pencil in front of the class. It was, it was embarrassing. And the thought of it made me want to puke. Like I could not do it. I couldn't sneeze. People are like, why, why, why don't you just sneeze out loud now? Like even to this day, I've subconsciously programmed myself to like not let my sneezes out because in class I was so embarrassed to sneeze in front of people. Like it was embarrassing. Like I couldn't do everything to me was so overanalyzed and like I was so worried about what these random people thought of me, but I kind of have begun to step into this, like I'm the main character and it's kind of, it's life-changing. Even just creating affirmations around that uh, can be really healing and it kind of, it can bring up your confidence and it can just allow you to feel okay in taking up space in the world. You know, it's been hard for me to feel like it's okay for me to take up space take up space in the world it's hard for me to feel like I'm worthy of it but now I'm like out here teaching yoga classes we're doing a podcast like I think I am so excited to share who I am now and I love who I am and I I think I'm so interesting I used to think that I was boring and no one actually liked me and whatever I don't know but I I think I'm so fun and 
you know, it's just these little things that begin to shift your mindset and allow you to really step into like who you are and have that sense of identity. Absolutely. I'm over here laughing because not because it's funny, because it's relatable. I'm like, I've done that. (laughs) I have so much to say back to that. I was just trying to, you know, be present and really listen, which, you know, I I find is such a good skill and can teach you so much. You know, it's always better to be listening than Mm -hmm. responding, but I'm going to (laughs) try. The first thing you said was I had to learn how to really get into my body because I was always in my mind and that really resonated with me. I have experienced the same thing and I think that it's important for two reasons. One, your subconscious mind, which is your emotional mind, is what controls your physical actions and that's so important because you don't think like you know when you pick something up off of a table you don't think about like this nerve has to work and this muscle has to work and how am I going to bend this finger like you just do it because your subconscious mind is controlling it but because your subconscious mind is your emotional mind and because it's programmed you get stuck in these habitual emotions so like if your household was a place that caused you fear and anxiety you often get stuck in these fear and anxiety provoking thoughts or vice versa right so you can change your physical actions by by reprogramming your subconscious, but you can also reprogram your subconscious by changing your physical actions. And that's why yoga is so magical. Like that's why it's so important. So for me, you know, we we did have a whole episode on yoga where we talked about <laughs> this, but again, it really helped me get into my body and out of my head, um, which was so key in changing my habitual thoughts just to slow down and become present and aware of that. Awareness is the first step to changing all of your habits. Mm-hmm. And then you started talking about like, you know, I used to be so embarrassed of myself. This is funny because I feel like I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt the same way. And you said, you know, I secretly wondered if people hated me. And I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, And sometimes those thoughts do sneak up mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. But then I think too, like what you said, none of, none of my business, what they think, you know? Mm-hmm. And also how other people feel does not change your life at all. How you feel is what is controlling your life. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else can have any effect on that unless you let them. Right. So, you know, it's, it is really learning those things and changing the image that you hold of yourself, which you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that a huge part of that is, you know, self-love and making those good decisions for yourself because mm-hmm. it not only makes you feel better, but it actually changes the way that you not only perceive yourself, but the f- way you actually look. Mm-hmm. You will see, I mean, if you follow us on social media, you've seen both of us change quite a lot. And I think for the better mm-hmm. <laughs> in in so many ways, you know, inside and out, you can really see when somebody feels happier. Mm-hmm. It's It shows in every aspect of their life. Yeah. So that's just such a beautiful thing. But it is cool, too, because you see it from different perspectives when other people are explaining, like, how they perceived it. I see a lot of, like, what I've been taught through consulting and stuff. So I'm like, yes, we call that teaching a different self-concept or a different self-image, you know, and we did a whole three-week chapter on that. (laughs) You know, so I see, you know, both perspectives and, like, why it makes sense not only on, like, a level that's, like, spiritual and that feels good and, you know, that's intuitive, but also from, like, a psychological and scientific standpoint, like, why that works, which is really important, I think, to a lot of people, which I get. People will be like, you know, 
I need the logic behind law of attraction. And I'm like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. tell you, you know, like mm-hmm. when you feel happy, you act happy, you make good decisions and you create more happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to the gas station and you smile at people and you thank them, they smile at you and thank you. Mm-hmm. But when you go and you're, you're mad and you're swearing at people and you're yelling at people, that's what comes back to you mm-hmm. always. And sometimes it's not immediately in that moment, but it is always, 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 always pay attention to how you feel and what is happening in your life. And if something bad happens, ask yourself, how does that make me feel? And why might I have attracted this? It will change everything to become aware of that because everything has a cause and an effect, you know, an action and a reaction. And you really are in control of your life because you're in control of your emotions. And you might say, well, external circumstances like happen, like there is, there's something outside of us that's happening. And yes, but you can choose whether you're going to react or respond to that. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what changes everything. Am I going to allow this external circumstance, whether that be a person that's triggering me or like something like my dishwasher broke or something you know what I mean if it's Mm -hmm. whatever it is I can choose to either be really upset focusing on the lack and reacting and screaming getting mad and making crazy decisions or I can say it's not a big deal I'm going to focus on what's good it'll get fixed everything's Mm -hmm. all good and in that moment that decision is what changes everything Mm -hmm. absolutely I think going off of that for me something that I continue to struggle with is having people around me who are struggling heavily with their mental health and you know you get to choose how you feel you don't have to take that on and you can you can still support them without taking that in and a lot of times it can feel like for me it's being put on to me or like trying to make it my problem too Mm -hmm. but you don't have to take it on it can be hard because it's like well I've done all this healing and I feel really great I'm in such a good spot I've never been happier and then to have people that you're really close to be struggling and like you in a way you're like I don't want a part of that I don't want to be a part of that I I don't but these are people that you love and care for and so it's kind of finding that balance of like offering your support but not letting that impact you mm-hmm. as well um just know like I I know how that feels too it's really hard I have struggled with the same thing and I think that it comes because when you truly love somebody it means to be taking them as a part of you so when you see the people that you love struggling or dealing with contrast you want to help them especially if it's something that like you know how to solve it like yeah I've been there I trust me listen to me I'm always telling everyone I love like no just do this and your whole life will be better and sometimes they don't want to change they're Mm -hmm. not ready to hear it and it can be like if you want to control and you are trying to change them from this external forcing thing, it creates contrast. And then it makes you feel bad because they're suffering. Now I feel the suffering because they're, I can't fix it. Here's the thing that I've had to learn. I cannot ever force anything onto anybody. But what I can do is inspire them with my own action and my own feeling good. So sometimes that comes in little moments. If somebody is like telling me about their contrast, I, instead of being like, you need to do this, I will say, I will, I will start talking about the opposite. I will start talking about the benefit. They will say, I'm worried about this. And I will say, God, the sky is so beautiful. You know, and they will say, 
oh, this is costing me so much money. And I will say, oh, it's so magical that there's infinite abundance here for us. And here's examples of it. And mm-hmm. and in changing that and focusing on what feels good, you can then, instead of push others into making better decisions, even though you're doing it out of love, <laughs> you can inspire them into focusing on what feels good. And so sometimes that happens in little moments and other times that happens over time, like in life. And I have, you know, had to make decisions where I'm like, and it's not even necessarily for me. It hasn't been like I have had to tell somebody like I can't be your friend anymore, Mm -hmm. but I have had to make decisions that pulled them away from me because we were no longer a vibrational match. Mm -hmm. And that didn't come from a place of like, I'm better than you. It just comes from a place of I am focusing on what feels good and expanding as an individual. And I love you so unconditionally and I wish the absolute best for you. And maybe I'll meet you again one day. Mm you do have to kind of differentiate between I want to help this person that I love and I'll just love them through it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that I've had to learn, you know, and Mm -hmm. still to this day, like it's something that I have to practice regularly. Me too. But (laughs) you can do it. You really can. You don't have to take it on for them you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can't change anybody but you can love them through it you can offer your support uh, but not sacrificing yourself in the process yes and I think that that is so important too and something that people have looked at me a bit funny for because I say you have to be selfish to be selfless because if you allow their hurt to become your hurt you can't help them anymore Mm -hmm. but if you take responsibility for how you feel and you're very selfish about the way that you feel and align your alignment and your well-being it, then you focus on well-being and then you're able to give that well-being to them instead of take on their hurt mm-hmm. and that is what heals the world that's how you change the world one individual at a time mm-hmm. by being selfish i'm telling you yes there are some things that i wrote down today and it was unrelating to this episode but now it feels like it is a bit relatable so as I said earlier I have attracted many people who were you know maybe on a lower vibration or you know they're going to expand a lot (laughs) they're going to expand a lot and I'm happy for their soul but at the time it doesn't feel great to be around that and sometimes I would like blame myself and because I believe law of attraction so much I would say well, if I'm attracting low vibrational people, I must be lower vibration, right? So I must be doing something wrong. And then I realized that I have this incredible ability to transmute and people who are in a low vibration, they feel that. And often those who can feel those low vibration are also capable of holding that same capacity of a high vibration, of a love vibration, because always yin and yang. And I think a lot of people who do go through that contrast end up being the most expansive, joyous, successful people. Mm-hmm. You get you get to experience both. Um, and what I wrote down today I, uh, were a few different things. One, I wrote to find love in the devil, to find love within the devil. Only God can do that because God is accepting of all that is. And so many people will look at somebody and judge them and say they're evil and they're bad. And I will look at that same person and I will say they're perfect and they're human and I love them. And I mean that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I love and I want to encourage or grow those negative aspects, but rather 
I want to focus on what is good within them so that I can help them grow that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I, it was a good realization today for myself mm-hmm. as well. And then the, the song came in my head, which is funny. I haven't heard it in years. It's Cheryl Crow, I Want to Soak Up the Sun. Aww. I was laying in the sun and I thought the sun is our source energy and it does transmute energy and we are able to soak up that energy and spread that and she sings I want to soak up the sun I want to tell everyone to lighten up Mm -hmm. and it's like yes I want to tell everyone to lighten up but we have to show them instead (laughs) getting an astrological download yes (laughs) um it is leo season and leo is ruled by the sun so that's like the perfect message for leo season but leo season is also teaching you or daring you to confidently and vulnerably show up as your truest self. Leo is also very connected to the heart chakra. So it's asking you to tap into that vulnerability so that you can tap into your deepest passions, your deepest desires, and then confidently share that or be that in the world. And, you know, I, I am actually just posted a yoga flow that allows you to tap into that energy, but it's like, that is a main part of healing. My anxiety is like being the main character and, you know, being able to embody who I truly am confidently and, healing in the sun being the sun embodying that light energy transmuting the darkness like it's all to me what it means to fully be embodied in leo season i wanted to i had another download come through uh as we were talking and when i was like doing things that made me feel anxious or bad or yucky a lot of those feelings or my reaction to that was very contractive and I would literally act that way with my body. I would walk around and be very like inwards and contracted in my, that's just how my reality was. It was very contracted. And when I make decisions now, I think about if it makes me feel contractive or expansive. I am like, if I did this, do I feel Does it feel expansive to me? Does it feel, do I feel excited about it? You can even look at your body. How is your body reacting to it? Do you like sit up tall, your shoulders back, head held high? Or does it literally make you want to like cower and hide and feel shameful or fearful or whatever? I think about that a lot when I'm making decisions. I had a big decision recently and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And that is how I made my decision because I thought about how it felt in my body and I felt very contracted, very like I wanted to hide away, very anxious, very um, inward instead of like expansive and expressive and free, open. So that has been really important for me when making decisions or looking at even something you're going through right now. Like, do you want this in your life? Does it make you feel expansive or does it make you feel contractive? Like, then if it makes you feel contractive, get rid of it. You're, let it go. Time to move on and step into something that makes you stand tall, proud, excited, confident. I think that that's so important and you can use that exact same method in 
your encounters with other people as well. So asking yourself how you feel when you're around somebody. Does this make does this person make you feel more uplifted and happy and expanded or are you like literally like crossing your legs and arms and you know kind of shying away from them and are they making you feel anxious or you know fearful or bad about yourself? Mm-hmm. And then also asking yourself in that moment if I'm feeling those negative emotions, how can I flip that and not allow them to make me feel that way? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're going to like yell at them or something. That means that you're going to change the subject or or leave the room. Mm-hmm. And I think that th- that's so healthy. And two, that also ties into what we were talking about, like loving someone but not taking on their negative emotion. The only way I wrote the only way is within because you have to go within yourself. And I think that you were like Leo energy. That's so confident and like very strong energy and being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. Strength, like the strength to show up as your most vulnerable self. I pulled the stone maiden today and my, it's an Arthurian tarot and it's a woman holding a man's head on a plate. It's But it's cutthroat energy and it's actually a positive card, ironically. It stands for being practical, capable, considerate, realistic, and like strong and confident. So I was like, that's a perfect, you know, kind of message because that's the energy that I'm getting is to be sure of yourself, but also like humble, not in a way where you're like, holding yourself back but in a way where you're Mm self-aware and also unconditionally accepting yes I love it so good before we finish up I want to add just a few more things that have been really helpful for me in my healing journey along with yoga like meditation which we talk a lot about but also breath work uh breath work is similar to yoga in that it moved the stagnant energies on my body uh but it also helps you to work through some heavy emotions and feelings that have been repressed uh so work like get that kind of working and coming out but also a lot of times when you are stuck in anxiety you aren't paying attention to your breath your 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 breath is very like shallow and fast but breath work allows you to begin to control your breath again come connect with your breath your life force energy connect with that and learn how to control it and to become more expansive you know in the middle of an anxiety attack you feel like maybe you're you might just pass out and you know topple over because your breath is so rapid and you're sweating and it's so intense and you know it feels like your last moment almost but breath work has been a a really great tool for me when I'm in those moments that I can then apply to that and begin to control my own breath and to expand my breath and you know come back to the present moment so that has been absolutely major for me there are a lot of resources online for breath work if you aren't familiar with it coming back to the present moment being present always helps lastly I think I would just like to say to like listen to yourself listen to your body if it feels like a no then don't do it don't do it just listen give yourself time to listen and don't do it if it doesn't feel good always find what feels good absolutely completely agree with all of it honestly I also feel that breath work not only allows you to take control like of the physical but when you do that 
it actually calms the mind and then allows you to regain control over your emotions, which has been life-changing. Like I said, one habit can change everything and Mm -hmm. breath work is one of those things. You can also use it in the midst of an anxiety attack to calm yourself and it is so effective. What a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. There was one more thing I wanted to say as well. We were talking a lot about vulnerability today and I was just watching this podcast from Jay Shetty. It was called The Root Cause of Trauma and Why You Feel Lost and in Life and it featured Dr. Gabor Mate, I hope I'm saying that right. It was a really wonderful episode and they talked about vulnerability within that episode as well as parenting and you know kind of where a lot of everyone's trauma has come from. Kind of like what trauma meant to them and it was so so wonderful and I'm trying to remember exactly what they said because it was so good. But basically what they had said was vulnerability is your capacity to be hurt and what that kind of means is that it's the yin and the yang if you allow yourself to be vulnerable then you know you're doing that out of faith that you cannot be hurt because you're exposing your own vulnerabilities so it's that same concept that I've talked about a couple times where Russ's mom said to live with his boundaries down and exposing his vulnerabilities and using them as power. And that's kind of what they were saying too, that vulnerability is often looked at as like a weak thing, but it's actually the opposite because you're exposing your own capacity to be hurt and doing that out of faith. And then the other thing that I had realized was that they were talking a lot about like upbringings and a lot of times parents, especially like our generation, we were parented out of, we were taught to obey and act from fear because they would yell at us, they would spank us, they would scare us. That's what happens. Children get scared and so they act out of fear. You're teaching your child to act out of fear and when you do that, they're going to be afraid to go after their dreams. They're going to be afraid to go after a big opportunity. They're going to be afraid to be confident in themselves and make those decisions that are going to expand them and their lives and instead you're teaching them to act from a place of fear and lack so that's why it's so important that we change those subconscious habits that we were taught and that we recognize them so that we are able to change them and not shame ourselves but instead take those little moments to make those decisions that are going to be better for yourself and your children so that we can create a more positive life for all of us and so what what we're meant to do is to lead from inspiration and when we love others unconditionally they will love us back and they will desire and be inspired to follow us rather than be afraid and act from a place of forcing them to change inspire them to be better Mm -hmm. so so beautiful so life-changing for ourselves and others Mm -hmm. yes I love it So with that, I think we're ready to leave you guys with a message for today. So we're going to pull a tarot card uh, and just see what the universe has to add to the conversation. I'm going to have you pick a card. Oh my God. Okay. I'm wondering if it's going to be the sun. (laughs) It's the moon. The moon. The moon is actually even more perfect. Okay. (laughs) Look at this book. 
Okay, I pulled the moon upside down and I set it down right on top of my own tarot book, which has a picture of the sun upright on it. So the moon is opposite the sun, which the moon is representative of the subconscious, the emotional mind, um, and the dark. And it's just perfect yin and yang. It's that perfect balance. And the card, the moon has a black wolf and a white wolf on it staring at the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is a sign for us to do duality next week yes. as well, because we yes. had talked about that. <laughs> yes. So the moon, yes, it represents mysteries, illusions, secrets, intuition, subconscious, uncertainty, and confusion. The moon is one of the most magical and mysterious tarot cards. Naturally, as a Scorpio, I'm going to get this tattooed on my arm because magical and mysterious. Uh, The card depicts a three-faced moon crescent growing in full. A dog and a wolf are sitting by the stream, our subconscious, and howling at the moon, representing both the tamed and wild aspects of our nature. The moon represents our feelings, emotions, intuition, and ever-changing nature. The moon's appearance in a reading usually signifies a period of increased imagination, creativity, emotions, and deep awareness. The moon also has a hidden dark side, full of secrets. This may be why many readers interpret the moon as an illusion card. The moonlight hides certain truths and unravels old secrets. If you're going through moments of uncertainty, the moon suggests not to make impulsive decisions or force anything. Weigh all the pros and cons or let things take their natural course. The moon serves as a reminder to listen to our inner voice and intuition. We all go through times of cloudy judgment, uncertainty, and misunderstanding. That's okay. Just as the sky births the new moon every month, you too have an ability to find your true self and let go of any fear or doubt. The reversed meaning of this card says that the moon in reverse is linked with anxiety, disappointment, and self-sabotage. The moon reversed suggests you should examine the shadows to see what you fear. Shine your inner light and ask yourself, what is preventing me from being the widest and bravest expression of myself? It is time to let that go. Face your fears, do the inner work each day, invite more and more light into your life, which literally sums up this Everything episode. Everything we said. <laughs> As always, couldn't be more perfect. And again, use your intuition to feel your way to the path of alignment. Mm-hmm. You guys are not alone. We are along this journey with you and, you know, we're here for support and growing the light inside all of us and making the world a better place. So thank you so much for being here. We will see you next week for potentially an episode on duality, polarity. Yes. (laughs) As always, thank you so much for joining us and for raising the frequency. We love you. See you next episode. Bye.